the Macho Man Randy Savage here, and you're about to tune into a wonderful podcast called The Kingdom Talks with Kings. Yeah, expect the unexpected in this kingdom of madness. Can you dig it? Oh, yeah. Welcome back to another edition of The Kingdom Talks with Kings. It's Star King Gaming and King Uno the Gamer. Yes, what sir. is up, everybody? I hope y'all are having a beautiful, blessed day. Because I know I am. Anytime we do a podcast, it's always a good day for me. Always. So, on this week's episode, we're going to be covering Hunter Hearst Helmsley. Yes, the game Triple H, but we're not really going to go with the game. We're actually going to go the Greenwich Blue Blood, as he was known as during this time frame. You know, and we're going to cover the the early parts of Triple H. My I don't want to say my least favorite persona of Triple H, but I mean, I obviously prefer the game, the cerebral assassin, you know, the crazy antics that they they would do later on with DX. I I preferred that over the Hunter Hearst Helmsley. However, I still liked him. He was a very solid wrestler, you know, and we're going to cover his early part of his career in this particular podcast. And speaking of covers, you guys need a canvas done? birthday anniversary might be coming up don't know what to do king uno the gamer is actually doing canvases at a really good price you can go to king uno the gamer on on facebook send him a message or you can go to king uno uno canvases on facebook check out the website that will be linked in this in this wonderful description and if you're watching the podcast live you can actually see the star king gaming canvas that he has done for star king gaming obviously which you will be seeing in all my live streams once I get it, I promise. Um, kind of a little cheap plug that we just did there, but <laughs> <laughs> but hey, you know what? It's worth it. Um, so first thing first is Triple H prior to becoming Triple H, the Hunter Hearst Helmsley, and you're well, he with a little robe and long yeah, when he, when he came out with a robe and. And everything, in your opinion. Now, I'm, I'm asking you solely in your opinion. Do you consider him underrated, overrated, right about where he belonged, mid-card wrestler? Now, remember, he's young, too. He, he was, you know, in the early 20s at this point. So he's still hungry, still learning. But in your personal opinion, Hunter Hearst Helmsley, was he over um, or underrated, in your opinion? Hunter Hearst Helmsley was kind of, in my opinion, he was kind of right where he needed to be. Like, he didn't get a lot of pushes and too much attention, but he didn't get too little. Like he had just enough. Yeah, I agree. That's just keep his name, like keep his name out there. Yeah, yeah, I agree. That's actually very good. You know, he was right where he belonged, the mid card. You know, and he was young. I mentioned he was young. You know, when all this happened. Now we're gonna cover Triple H, Hunter Hearst Helmsley, multiple times. We've already covered him in in a way. He's already been brought up in multiple multiple podcasts. You know, it's it's, wait, 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 before going further. I just want to say shout out to Sports Kita that they put me on their website and a picture they used to Ray Ripley. Oh, they yeah, that was, that was pretty awesome, you guys. You guys go check out King Uno the Gamer. You'll see it on his page. It's a pretty awesome. He's he's in there. Well, actually, King Uno canvases. You'll see it on there. He's actually <laughs> he's actually on there. Sorry, I keep saying King Uno the Gamer. That's who you are. But yeah, yeah. now, you know, Obviously, there's so many different podcasts that we're going to be covering with DX versus like The Nation, you know, which you will see a little controversy, you know, with Xbox painting himself all black. You know, there was a lot of heat that these guys took. And Triple H has said in 
in many different interviews that, you know, he's the guy that, you know, took a lot of the heat because he knew how far he could push Vince. And now Vince is gone from the WWE. Do you think this is going to benefit the WWE? Or do you think it's going to hurt the WWE not having Vince there? I, I think it's best for business and no pun intended I mean, or full pun intended. two weeks that Triple H has been running the company with head of talent, Raw and SmackDown has been better. Yes. So I think it can only benefit. Like, he's making it wrestling again. Like, he, yes. he brought back the word wrestling. He's saying yeah. the little band words that they couldn't say before. Yeah. So I think it's only helping the company because he knows – what it's like he knows what the fans want he, he knows that stuff correct and you know we all know what we want you know in our own way and you know i think we're going to be seeing a lot of i don't want to say better storylines but storylines that actually are going to tie in better because I, I think his mind like if you watch nxt when he was running it fully and we talked about this before it his mindset with these wonderful storylines was just like there was actual stories. Like you, you felt the heat. Like you felt like you, oh man, these guys really hate each other. You know, obviously mm-hmm. not really, but you just felt the passion. You felt everything that, you know. I feel like the WWE has been missing, and not saying that Roman Reigns isn't passionate because he's very passionate about his job. He's very passionate about what he does. Same with the whole bloodline. You know, Paul Heyman very passionate about this business. But you're really starting to see. I don't want to say a trend. With with Triple H, but I mean, it, it kind of is a different trend. Like now, Man, you know, he he done brought back release superstars. He brought yes. back Karrion Cross. Yeah, he brought back Destro Loomis. And if I don't know if people paid attention to it on Monday Night Raw, but they put Sasha Banks and Naomi in their little promo video that they were doing. Yep. But when they got released before, they took them out of there. Yeah. So people, Sasha and Naomi wasn't likely coming back. Like Triple H is. Is doing he, his thing right he's now. doing things, and the rumors are that Bray Wyatt might be making a return. I don't know if it's going to be the Fiend. If he Bray... can get the Fiend back, Triple H should be guilty. Oh yeah, I and I think he can. I mean, I would, I would if I was Bray Wyatt. I mean, I know. would love a Karrion Cross. Um, hey Stony Loki. Hey Stony Loki, thank you. Oh, we're doing wonderful. We're doing wonderful doing this podcast right now. Karrion Cross versus uh, the Fiend would be a dope. Oh, that'd be well, Cross alone. I mean, I mean. You hear the terminology a lot, having a five-star match with the broom. Like, it was used with X-Pac, Owen Hart, uh, Triple H, I think you could throw in that category. He was very well-talented. Um, you know, you, you hear that word a lot, those words a lot, and I think Cross is one of those guys. Like, he's very talented, underrated, in my opinion. And with Scarlett, I mean, <laughs> beautiful woman, why not, right? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you can't go wrong there. And Triple H... You know, he's he's been through all of it, you know, and we're going to cover some of what I'm talking about. Um, I think the next podcast, I have a few ideas of what we should do. I have one main idea that I think we really should do. Um, uh-huh. And I'll, I'll, I'll discuss it because once we keep talking, I think it's just something that we just I think we just need to talk about the elephant in the room, so to speak, with I think we need to do a full on click. Uh, podcast and covering the curtain call where Scott Hall, Kevin Nash left. I mean, we covered it almost every single podcast, and obviously Triple H is a major factor of that, you know. And I think we should cover it in long form. Hey, Stoney, she, she, she's, she said I used to love watching WWE. So lost on it now. Hey, but you know what? I mean, the thing about WWE is you can literally just start watching it today, and you'll be caught up in no time. It's just 
I love that about and that's you know no no disrespect to the business that's just how it is with any wrestling program AEW you can start watching that you know this week and you'll be kind of caught up on some of the storylines might take you a little while but okay so now here we go this all started in July 27, 1969. A young man, Paul Levesque, was born in Nashua, New Hampshire, a town twice named best city in America to live. He was a huge wrestling fan with the likes of uh, Chief J. Strongbow, Strongbow, Ric Flair, so many guys that were idols of his. And, all the legends. Yeah, all the legends. You know, and we'll, you know, I think one of these podcasts we're going to cover Evolution, you know, Ric Flair was starting to look out and you know he really looked out for Ric Flair cuz it was one of his idols. But Triple H actually was a huge fan of wrestling and really was into it. He really wanted to become a wrestler and the only way he could think of becoming a wrestler was to be into bodybuilding. At the age of 14 he got into it and got into it heavy. At the age of 17 he met a guy named Ted Arcidi who it, I I did a little research. He was a former WWF wrestler, not really uh mm-hmm. not really one of the big names, but I mean, if you actually look at this guy, he was huge, and I can see why Vince wanted him. He wants Vince pressed 400 pounds. You know, he was a big guy in more ways than none. Well, Ted Arcidi would go to his gym. Triple H would say in, in his actual Thy Kingdom call uh, with Triple H, he would actually say that Ted Arcidi was a major factor in him getting into the WWE later on and also throughout wrestling, you know, to actually get him into wrestling. Um Ted Arcidi would actually introduce him to the WWE Hall of Fame trainer Killer Kowalski, who trained the names of trained trained some big names like you know John Studd, China, Kobe Kingston, Big John Studd, yeah, Big John Studd, yeah, Kobe Kofi Kingston, as uh as some of the other ones would be like Perry Saturn, which you know Perry Saturn is a very underrated wrestler. Obviously, has some demons, major demons, and a few others, and. Triple H would say that he would go to, you know, Killer Kowalski's school, would come back beaten, bruised. His mom wasn't too happy about it, but he loved it. It was something he really loved. And she's like, you know what? If you love it, keep going. Keep pursuing it. Well, then he started to get to matches, and he said, I need a name. So so Killer Kowalski says, okay, you need a name? Terrorizer. Terrorizing is going to be your name. And he goes, no, no, no. How about a real name, like a first and last name? He goes, okay. So he wrote on a piece of, of cardboard of some type. He said an old pizza box or something and wrote the name Terror Riser on, on a piece of cardboard and wrote a line between it. It said, you want a first and last name? First name Terror, last name Riser. Kind of kind of little goof you know, thing that happened, but mm-hmm. he became Terror Rising, and that's actually where he would get his start within some of these small-time territories and eventually would get to WCW. Now, here's what happened. There was a convention that the gym was holding that had Ric Flair. And, you know, obviously Ric Flair, he, he knows a lot of people. Well, he brought in, like, tapes. He brought in, you know, his resume, which he said was just a bunch of bullshit and lies, you know, his exact words. And he would actually get this, not to Ric Flair, but he would actually meet a guy named Chip Burnham who worked yep. for WCW back in the day. He was kind of like what John Laurinaitis used to be, obviously not anymore. You know, he just recently got fired from what I heard. I don't know if it's true. But that's kind of what he was. And Chip Burnham would give it to Bob Dew, who was what Triple H is now. And then Bob Dew goes, well, we got this young up-and-coming guy. I'm going to give it to him. His name's Eric Bischoff. Eric Bischoff would actually become basically like a scout. You know, he he would be the one to go talk to all the talents, try to sign them up. You know, 
WCW was a total different ball game. I mean, because here's the thing. Ted Turner loved wrestling, but wasn't involved. You know, where Vince McMahon, you know, obviously we, we talked about this. Vince McMahon was involved. I mean, he was in storylines where, you know, Ted Turner's like, hey, you guys take care of this. Bob Dew was not a huge wrestling fan by any means. But Eric Bischoff, you know, we talked about him before. Wonderful, wonderful talent. And knew what he was doing. Obviously, we saw what he did in WCW with the NWO. You know, so he knew some type of wrestling. Well, Eric Bischoff would uh, have a little one-on-one interview and offered Triple H a two-year deal, which Triple H actually declined. And here's what he would say. He goes... He goes, I don't want a two-year deal. He goes, I'm offering you a two-year guaranteed 52000 a year contract, and you're turning it down. He goes, no. Here's the thing. Give me one year. He goes, I'm offering you a two-year guarantee. Do you want one? He goes, yes, because here's the thing. I'm going to starve for that one year. And at the end of the year, you're either going to really want me or maybe I'm not worth 52000 You know, we'll go from there. We'll see what happens. We'll see what, see what I'm worth. And, you know, Thinking about that, that's pretty ballsy. You know, this company's offering you $100,000 for two years. Back then, that's, you know, pretty good money. You know, and even nowadays, that's actually pretty decent money. I mean, I wouldn't want to wrestle for that because you're gone 300 days a year. Most most promotions, WCW was a little different because at this point, they were actually starting to cut house shows. And for people that are going to listen to podcasts, they don't know what a house show is. A house show is an event that is not televised. Meaning that they, they go to like, you know, smaller venues, but still bring out some big talents. You might not see Roman Reigns wrestle, but he'll be there kind of thing. Sometimes you do see the big guys, but they were cutting out these house shows because they were trying to make more more action for television. And obviously television is where the money's at, you know, in any business. You know, you, you're not getting you know, promoted on TV, then, you know, nobody's really seeing you, especially back then. The internet wasn't what it is today. And this is back in, you know, the early nineties. So, you know, 94, but triple H would actually would wrestle, would sign the one year contract, which Eric Bischoff agreed. He goes, okay, we'll give you, we'll give you the one year. fifty. What's up? I said, I'm back. My fault, brother. Oh no, you're good. You're good. Talking about how triple H signed a two year, uh, one year contract with WCW. And oh, yes, 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 yes. the rest would be kind of history. He would have matches with the likes of Alex Wright, uh, Steamboat, Terry Taylor, who is actually a pretty go- pretty integral part to Triple H's success because Terry Taylor would actually work with Triple H. Terry Taylor had some gimmicks in WCW, WWE, well, F back then. Well, he would go on and have pretty solid matches. Well, they decided, well, why don't we package this guy? Let's make this guy something. So... They decided to give him a French. Speaking of that, speaking of that, not to cut you off, bro. No, 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 you're good. What do you prefer? Are you do you like like it better with WWE or did you prefer the WWF? I think WWF was better. You know, the Attitude Era was you know phenomenal, and then WWE they just kind of I felt like they took away. They became entertainment and not realism. You know, like I thought everything was real, and then all of a sudden I heard oh entertainment like this is. These are entertainers. They're not even wrestlers anymore. You know, it kind of took away the, I don't know. For me, it was, I, I like I like the product still. Don't get me wrong. I'm always going to be a WWE fan no matter what. But, you know, it's just, 
the product was so much better with the WWF. I mean, storylines. I mean, we're talking right now about the WWF, you know, still like it's relevant, you know, because it was for us or is for us. Right. You know, what's your opinion? What about you? Uh, I'm kind of 50 50. I like both of them because they both brought something different to, you know, to the people. Yes. Granted, like like you said, back then, WWF, they had like the more raunchy storylines, yeah. the more gruesome storylines, stuff like that. And well, then, you know, it's more. On the way, I guess they switched it because a lot of people were quote unquote trying it at home. Yeah. So they had to kind of switch it to entertainment and like, say, hey, no, we're entertaining you guys. You know, don't really try this. Yes. We just put on a show for you guys. So, and and even now with Triple H taking back over, I feel like he's going to give us that borderline between entertainment and realism. So it's like they're entertaining us, but we still get that real feeling. Yeah, which I'm kind of excited about. I'm kind of, I, I really can't wait to see more. I, I can't wait to see more pay-per-view. I can't wait till Cody Rhodes comes back. I have no idea what's going to happen there. I mean, I know I know it's going to be epic either way because, you know, it's Cody Rhodes. He's pretty solid. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. It's going to be interesting. I mean, like I said, entertainment just kind of like, I don't know, it took away a little bit of the value. But then at the same time, I was also – I was also a huge like DX and you know I liked watching the NWO and like wow these guys are really just they just left WWE you know F and just came over out of nowhere I you know because back then the internet wasn't what it was today right now you know I I think that I think that's why I don't like it as much you know like I mean not not that I don't like it as much more like I just it takes a lot of flavor out when you read the internet like Dave Meltzer reporting. Or whoever reporting, you know, Brian Alvarez reporting. They're great, great at what they do, and they they called a lot of things that I was like, really, Cody Rhodes going to be at WrestleMania? Like, really, Cody Rhodes? He's mm-hmm. you know he's part owner of, or part what was he was he owner of AEW like or something? He was a partner or something like that. He was or he, he was some part of like corporate level, and I'm like, yeah, that ain't gonna happen. But you know, these guys report it, and then he you know he shows up. Yeah, there was that pop and my heart kind of popped with it and it was like, but some of the flavor was taken out because of the internet. So maybe that's why, you know, it's like, you know, it, it's like you make something that your grandma used to make all the time, but something she did different that you can't, you know, replicate, you know, that I think that's what it is. You know, it's just that, that, that flavor you're missing. You don't know what it is, but it's that missing. little secret ingredient. Yes, exactly. And I think, you know, not to get too far off the top topic, but you know, it's just, it does take away a little bit of flavor. I've seen the reports, you know, and everything. So I, I don't know. Maybe I'm a little biased because I, I was a huge WWF fan, but I don't know. It's it's tough to say. It's really tough to say. But getting back to the, the podcast here. Now mm-hmm. we're back. No. <laughs> um, <laughs> Ric Flair would come up with an idea to make uh, back then Paul Levesque a French aristocrat and would give him the name he John Jean Paul Levesque because he wanted him to be French. Well the thing is is Triple H said, I don't speak French at all. And Rick Flair goes, Well that sucks. So here's what you're gonna do. You're gonna speak English, but it's gonna be broken English. Like try to have like a French accent and mm-hmm. you're gonna be a heel. But the rest is you. Whatever you do, it's all on you. And he actually did pretty well. Like you, you actually watch him develop at this time, and you started seeing this heel character. Really did great. Had some great solid matches. Would actually become tag team with a guy that 
is pretty, pretty, you know, good at what he does. And that being William Regal, who back then was known as Lord Stephen Regal, they would become a great heel. Tag William Regal another underrated wrestler, but yes, yes, one of the most underrated wrestlers in in this business. You know, and you know he has some demons like a lot of the other guys, and but yeah. he never really got the big push that you know some of these guys that didn't deserve it did. You know, he deserved a big push in his earlier days. Maybe not a ch- main event guy, but he deserves some like kind of push. Title and yeah. a nice little run with it. Yeah, and they would have some great tag team uh, matches. Well, the problem was is when they put these two together, Triple H was at like the 53rd you know, week of working with WCW. He was at the tail end. He was past his contract. And he would set up a meeting with Vince McMahon, and Vince McMahon would say, why do you want to come here? To which Triple H answer said, WCW is taking away his house shows, and I want to work as much as I can. And he would say that knowing Vince now, he thinks that Vince respected his answer more, and this is what he would say. He goes, I can promise you that you will work more dates, and you're going to work with some of the greatest competition in this business. You're going to work a lot, and you're going to be hungry. If that's what you want, I can give you that. And the rest is history. You know, Triple H Mm -hmm. would sign... With the WWE, and he would become Hunter Hearst Helmsley, and you would see a lot of the whole Jean-Paul Levesque gimmick come over, but it was a little different because he was 100% English. It wasn't no broken French, but there's many rumors about the reason why they created Triple H the way they did the Hunter Hearst Helmsley. It was to mock Vince McMahon's you know neighbors that were stuck-up people and supposedly this is what actually Vince Russo said I don't you know I'm not saying he's not a you know a reliable source the guy is very smart but supposedly that's what the gimmick was made of was to mock Vince McMahon's neighbors now here it is this is the 1995 year the year of gimmicks I mean you have a trash man you have a NASCAR driver Bob Holly Kane was actually a dentist at this point there was a clown no, no, no. you know <laughs> You know, there were so many gimmicks that was going on. And, you know, Triple H comes into this. And you you, you see him wrestle as this stuck-up, you know, Greenwich, you know, as they called them, you know, kind of aristocrat kind of character that you would see in, you know, the Blue Blood character that they kind of personified with the WCW. But you saw him debut against a guy named Ray Apollo. Now, Ray Apollo would also wrestle occasionally as Doink the Clown, Made some pretty good matches in his, you know, he was what a Mick Carter, you know, kind of like that guy you throw like the Brooklyn Brawler was, you know, just throw out there to throw some talent over. And that's what he did. And he did great with it. And, you know, this is where Triple H started making his debut. And, you know, you started seeing him kind of come in. They would actually have him make his pay-per-view debut at SummerSlam against Bob Holly in a fairly decent match, you know. They were having this little feud and it wasn't great, but it was actually pretty good. I actually watched the pay-per-view event. If you watched SummerSlam 1995, it was like I said, it was a mediocre match, but overall it was actually pretty solid. I mean, you you saw a few little, you know, and we talked about bumps and, you know, you know, these botches, you know, that you're going to see in matches and you know, they had them, but I think had there been a little bit more chemistry and a little more, you know, age to them, it would have mm-hmm. been a more solid match. Bob Holly was still, you know, up and coming. 
and wasn't the hardcore Holly that he, you know, would come later. And this was Hunter Hearst Helmsley, not Triple H. So, you know, there was a lot of greenery in that in that match. And we mentioned that, you know, in the last podcast that, you know, the botches and mistakes and everything, they're going to happen. And like I said, you'll see that with, with this earlier part, but more he developed, the better his stuff would become. And he would actually have a very good, solid feud against a guy named Henry Godwin, who was the, the pig farmer, you know, another gimmick that, you know, I didn't mention, but a very solid match that would actually lead up to a, uh, not a WrestleMania match, uh, a pay-per-view match where they would have Triple H would actually win the match technically, even though he was the one that got all the pig slob on him. It was actually a very good rivalry. Now, the problem was, though, this was when the time frame of when the click was really getting big. And I mentioned, I think that the next podcast we should do is the click because every single podcast we talked about has had some type of click in it. I don't know why. It's just yeah. everything Everything was click-related around this time, you know, in the Attitude Era. Now, we're going to watch something later, and, and I, you know, I, I, really, I really can't wait to show you this in a, in a little bit. But obviously, we, we talked about the curtain call. You know, I mentioned the click for a reason. You know, this will all lead up to the curtain call, curtain call which we're going to talk long form with the click episode. Um, and it, it kind of sucked because Triple H would actually lose a lot of a lot of this heat that he had. He had all this momentum going and it would all slowly go away because of the whole current call where he was supposed to win the 1996 uh, King of the Ring and unfortunately would not and became basically a jobber to a certain degree, which again, for those who don't know wrestling, a jobber is a a wrestler that puts over main event wrestlers, um, meaning that you're pretty much going to lose almost every match. You know, you'll have some good matches here and there, and he did. He had some, um, including he put over the Ultimate Warrior, who returned at WrestleMania in a two minute match, and we're going to actually watch that match because you just got to see it. It was, yeah, it was, <laughs> it was terrible, and I I watched it, and I'm like. Yeah, me and King, you know, got to watch this. This is horrible. This is terrible. I, I, we got to watch it. Now, at this time, Triple H would have valets that would come out. Well, he started having one particular valet with him quite often. And a, a female that actually is still kind of relevant to the WWE, and I'll, I'll explain in a second. Uh, her name is... Hey, hey, Rob Todd, thank you so much for tuning in. You cannot share this stream. Because this is a subscriber-only stream, you cannot stream, you cannot share a a sub, uh, a subscription-only podcast. Um, but the the valet that I'm talking about is uh, a girl named Sable. Now you know Sable, beautiful. Ooh, Sable, yeah. yeah. Big old boobies, <laughs> um, beautiful. <laughs> Big old puppies. Let me rephrase that. I'm sorry. Take that back. Let's rewind that. Big old puppies, as the king would say. Now. Sable is married at this point to Mark Merrow. Now she's currently married to a never, another WWE wrestler named Brock Lesnar. So she's still kind of relevant with the business, you know, and she knows a thing or two. And, you know, Triple H would actually start to have 
a rivalry with Mark Merrill, who was debuting around this time. Now, he would... Basically, Stable was his manager. He would blame Stable for losing this WrestleMania match against the Ultimate Warrior, kind of turning you know, his back on her. She would leave him for Mark Merrill. Now, they were legitimately married. And it would start a pretty good feud between the two. And around this time, Mark Merrill would actually debut the next night on Raw facing Isaac Yankum, a.k.a. Kane. Now, that match was well worth watching, by the way. I Mark Merrow did some pretty crazy oh, outlandish things. I mean, this was wild man, Mark Merrow. Not just Mark Merrow. He was doing flips over the top rope. I, I don't know. He was pretty pretty wild, man. Pretty good watch, you know, overall. I, I mean, honestly, man, if you really want to watch a decent match with Kane, that was pretty solid. Now, they would have a, a great feud that would actually end it in your house eight beware of the dog they would actually have a very solid match there um i was never a fan of mark merrill i actually hated all his gimmicks i thought wild man was just a little too i don't know charismatic and the whole boxer thing i was like come on man this is wrestling yeah, that boxing gimmick was kind of like, i don't know I it was, was like... i think it was just the wrong time but after watching these matches i kind of was like wow this is actually pretty solid stuff and I don't know if it's because I've grown to love wrestling more and, you know, knowing the storylines and, you know, everything going into this pay-per-view event, I really was like, wow, okay, this is actually not a bad match. It was very, very well enjoyable. It was solid. They did so many different things and, you know, it was what it needed to be. And I don't know, they, they, they really did a great, great thing with this, um, this was one of those matches, I think, that really, I don't know, Mark Merrill really could have got a bigger push if if the right people were watching. And, you know, like I said, I never was a fan of his, but this would be something I'd actually really enjoy. Now, you know, at this point, WCW would have newer wrestlers coming in, Kevin Nash, Razor Ramon, uh, well, uh, Kevin Nash uh, uh, and Scott Hall, I'm sorry. You know, obviously Diesel and Ramon, Razor Ramon, and W. You know, so they were really starting to push the buttons, and they were starting to get yep. higher and higher in the ratings. So you know, you started seeing the wheels turn, and obviously with the current call in the 1996 King of the Ring, uh, you saw Steve Austin win, and no doubt about it, he well deserves. You know, he did some great iconic things, and and I mentioned you know the that WrestleMania with Triple H, you know, which we're covering in long form. He would lose to Ultimate Warrior in a two-minute two, you know, match. And imagine being this talented of a guy, and here you are, you're a mid-carter at best. I mean, Triple H had a lot of great tools, very solid wrestler. He was, you know, you know, solid. He he did everything that was told of him. And, you know, because of the current call, you know, the, the famous line was Vince would say to him is, hey, I know I said I was okay with you guys doing this, but, you know, a lot of guys aren't aren't okay with it. You know, some of these old-timers, Pat Patterson, uh, the Bulldog was another one that was not too fond of it. You know, some of these old-timers, they said, you know, they didn't like it, so, you know, somebody's got to be punished and it's going to be you. And the famous line is, you're going to eat shit and learn to love the taste of it, and I mean piles and piles and piles of shit. And you've seen it, you know, Hunter would have these 
these great matches, but would lose them. And the Ultimate Warrior minus that one. I mean, that was, not, yeah, you'll you'll see. <laughs> I remember that. I remember that. Well, we're we're gonna watch it. I mean, it, it's a two minute Ooh. match, and it, it was it was pretty terrible. But to quote Scott Hall in his Hall of Fame, you know, speech, hard work pays off, and he would keep doing this. And the name Mark Merrow, the reason why I'm bringing it back up, is October 21st of that year. Mark Merrill had the WCW IC champion, Intercontinental champion, would actually lose it to Triple H and with the help of Mr. Perfect. Now, Mr. Perfect would have become a manager for a couple of weeks and actually would leave, <coughs> excuse me, would leave w, uh, for WCW. So now here they were going to go with Mr. Perfect being Triple H's manager. Well, now Triple H is gone. Vince would go and say, hey, you know, how about the Honky Tonk Man? We'll bring him back. And Triple H goes, no, come on. So then they gave him a guy named Curtis Hughes, who I did a little research. I, I remember the name. I remember the guy, but I couldn't I remember. remember the name. I'm not too fond of, like, him. Yeah, he was kind of scary looking, which, I mean, it is perfect for a manager. Big guy, pretty big. He had some pretty good matches. He actually had a small feud with The Undertaker. Nothing really too talk about and i mean you know like big time you know not something we should cover on a podcast you know not saying he wasn't good enough but he wasn't really a major part of the attitude era but you know like i said overall pretty solid wrestler in his day but the scary look is kind of what you know i i remember of him well triple h would actually say to vince like hey man like what about china and Vince was not too fond of it. He goes, nah. So then he got Shawn Michaels to help him because, you know, the whole clique, they were friends. Shawn Michaels says, yeah, it's perfect. You know, she's a female. And Vince didn't see it. And so they went to Shane McMahon. And Hunter would say that they would go to Shane. And Shane would actually pitch it to Vince. Vince, they, they told Shane that, hey, she's about to sign with WCW. You know, this could be our time. And so once they... Once Shane told that to Vince, supposedly Vince was like, all right, sign her. But if she's, you know, she fucks up, it's on you, is basically what was said to. But Vince she's McMahon, your... that's the reason a lot of people stopped watching, like, Raw, SmackDown, and everything. Yeah. He he was killing the company. Oh, exactly. He definitely would. He would definitely kill the company. And, you know, China is somebody, you know, rest in peace, you know, very, very wonderful person, ninth wonder of the world. They really did a lot with her and you really saw a wonderful thing happen with her. Uh, Chris Jericho would actually say in his podcast that working with her was really hard because she was, you know, stiff because, you know, she's a bodybuilder and she was still trying to learn. He said, but he enjoyed every moment of it, even though it was, you know, hell on earth, you know, almost, but she, she would actually make some pretty big impacts in this business, especially in this time frame, and especially in this attitude era, you know, and, you know, rest in peace to her. You know, she did so much. And the fact that she's kind of basically shadow banned from WWE is, you know, it sucks. Because I just wanted one night in China. That's all I wanted. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think everybody did. And, you know, unfortunately, that's the reason why she kind of got shadow banned. Because <laughs> a uh, few people did have that one night in China. Nothing no. didn't there. Yeah. So Hunter would lose the uh, Intercontinental Champion to The Rock and then slowly start a feud with Goldust. Now, Goldust is a very wonderful gimmick. I mean, this was one of the best gimmicks, I think, of this time frame. He would actually kind of change and become the 
the wrestler, the artists formerly known as Goldust, and kind of get a little weird. But I mean, Goldust was always kind of weird, you know. I, and there's no other way to uh, describe him um, other than being weird, in my opinion. I used to always be confused when I was younger. I'm like, is he really like kind of part of the alphabet community? Yeah. Or is it just his character? Yeah, it was hard to tell with Goldust. Like, what was he? Was he, you know, out there, out there, or was he just storyline? And he played it so well. And I mean, look at him now. He's still pretty solid in the ring. I mean, the guy's, you know, no doubt about it. He's, he's he'll never win the the big one, you know, so to speak. But he's had some pretty solid matches, especially against his brother. That's very good, very good wrestling match. And I mean, Goldust can he can still hold his own. I mean, as Dustin Dustin Rhodes, you know. I don't know. He's he's pretty solid. Now, Goldust was actually married to Marlena, who is known as Terry Reynolds. And Terry Reynolds was sit. Her gimmick was she was she would watch her husband wrestle, smoking a cigar, in this like director's chair almost. And that was that was her. That was what she did. Well, at a wrestle uh, prior to WrestleMania 13, they actually had. Uh, in your house, thirteen, the final four, uh, they would plant a fan who would be China, and she would actually start strangling Marlena, thus aligning herself with Triple H, and this would actually lead up to the feud, <laughs> to the feud of Triple H versus Goldust. And you know, we talked about you know some of these these wonderful you know wrestlers that might not make it in as a solo. We mentioned like X-Pac was one of the names you mentioned, you know, and it's unfortunate China probably will never make it as a solo, which I think she deserves it in my opinion, because she really, I would say as a solo, I honestly disagree and say no. Yeah. I don't think she'll ever make it, but I mean, she did I a lot she it, but as a solo, like she had a decent, I'm not well, going to say she had a great. No, no, I'm not saying she, she, she was great. It's just, she really kind of set the, the tone, you know, back then, you know, a lot of the female wrestlers were a little scared, but she really kind of, but I mean, she was also huge. She was built like a tank. So I guess Nia Jax versus China would have been a great match to see. Oh, like yeah. the Ronda Rousey versus China. Yeah. Some of these. Yeah. I think that would have been pretty awesome. WrestleMania 13. We're going to have to cover long form because it, it, there's so many great matches. I mean, the mid card is triple H versus uh, Goldust in, in a very solid, very solid match. I mean, you know, the 13 or 14 minute uh, match, it was like 14 minutes, 30, 30 seconds almost. And Dave Meltzer was kind of actually pretty big on it, saying that it was a great, great storyline, the great, great way to go to WrestleMania. They both were very solid wrestlers and all this stuff. But I mean, you look at the, uh, the overall, this is the, uh, the, the card for, for, uh, WrestleMania 13, and it would be the first match is the Headbangers would face the uh, Godwins. Um, mm-hmm. And it was a, a four-way match between uh, the Godwins, Headbangers, Blackjacks, the new Blackjacks, and Doug Furness and Phil LaFon, who were, you know, hey, what's up, Nico, who were pretty solid wrestlers in their own day, but they were kind of like no names, but they were just thrown in to make it a fatal four. The Rock, Intercontinental Champion, faced the Sultan, who we all know as Rikishi, with Bob Backlund. <laughs> um, and, and, and that was actually a pretty solid match, I mean, considering Rikishi wasn't who he is now. Um, and I mentioned... I don't know, I was, he bottle match to you. <laughs> what's that? 
I thought, is that an RC bottle next to you? <laughs> RC bottle? Uh, no, it's a uh, Dr. Pepper. Oh, if it's not RC, then it doesn't matter. Yeah, it's not relevant. If it's not RC. And then I mentioned the fourth match, which is Hunter Hearst Helmsley in China versus Goldust and Marlena. 14 minutes, 29 seconds. And a fairly solid match there. Owen Hart and the British Bulldog versus Mankind and Vader for the WC, uh, WWF Tag Team Champions. Very solid British match. Bulldog was another good, solid wrestler. Yeah, I mean, Owen Hart and Bulldog were actually a very good tag team. I mean, overall, you could, uh, I, very underrated. They'd actually win. Uh, Bret Hart versus Stone Cold Steve Austin in a submission match, which is rather infamous because you would see Stone Cold get busted open. I mean, this yeah. is... These this is not the main event yet. Like these are just mid card matches for WrestleMania 13. Ahmed Johnson and the Legion of Doom, which is Hawk and Animal, would face the Nation of Domination. Farouk crushed Savio Vega in a Chicago it, it, street every fight. Every time I hear Ahmad Johnson, I'm thinking that one incident where he like spashed out. I forgot exactly what happened. I, I think Dolores to... tried to kiss him or something. He just like spashed out. You know, I I remember him. Didn't he have like like pink trunks? He's kind of a he big guy. He, wore, he was a big guy, red trunks, red. Oh, red, red, red trunks, huh? Yeah, red trunks. Yeah, and yeah. he had like the those lake paddings, mm-hmm. elbow paddings, and all that. Yeah, I I remember the name. I I really do, and I remember him, but I really don't remember a lot of his matches. So I I maybe he, I don't know. It, that's tough to say because I I really would have to really watch. Him, because I I didn't actually watch the whole thing. I did watch the Bret Hart and Stone Cold Steve Austin match. I'm not gonna lie, that was, I you you, you can't watch that pay per view event and not watch that match. Like it's just not possible. The Undertaker would face Psycho Sid in the uh, the main event for the WWF Champion to a no disqualification match, which the Undertaker would win. It was actually a very solid card, and like I said, I mean Bret Hart, Stone Cold Steve Austin wasn't even in the main event. Hunter Hearst Helmsley and Goldust was early in the in the event. Early in the show, yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, it was actually a very solid pay-per-view event, which I know we should cover in long form, especially the Stone Cold Steve Austin, at least the end of that match. I mean, we don't have to necessarily call the whole match, but it'd be well worth going over that. Um, you know, like I said, this was a very, very good pay-per-view event. And I what I- do, what it'd be dope, is how this week we're talking about Hunter Hearst Hampshire, aka Triple H, Paul Levesque, whatever you want to call him. Yeah. So one week we talk about a wrestler, okay, and then the following week we pick one match from their career and we just recap that match, like one of the found like best matches, and recap that match. So we do like uh, like let's say we're covering Owen Hart, we'll find an Owen Hart match and then yeah, like one of his it. best matches or what we think is one of his greatest matches, and then like so let's say next week we talk about Owen Hart, then yeah. the following week after that we get like Owen Hart Part Two covering. Owen Hart versus whatever match. Yeah. And then, so that way it'll be kind of tie in. So that, that way each week we still have something to talk about. Yeah, no, that actually, that actually is not a bad idea because this will allow us to really get into long form, you know, and even make it all one podcast if we really wanted. Mm-hmm. Just, you know, tie it in together. You know, honestly, I think the, for, you know, it's, it's going to be, I think it's going to be a good idea because we can actually cover a lot with, with this, I mean, obviously, I brought up you know bringing in the Triple H 
uh, versus Ultimate Warrior match. You know, we're going to watch that right now, but it's only a two-minute match. It wasn't very good at all. It was actually just kind of funny to watch. It was legit like a squash match. <laughs> yeah, it, it, no, it was a total squash match. And, it, I mean, the reason is because of the whole curtain call, which it, it sucked. And, like I said, I think we should cover the curtain call in long form. Um, you know, Definitely. with the click and everything, I think we, because we keep going over it and we keep having to like, I don't want to say we're stepping over it, but we're, we're stepping on it and then kind of creeping around it. You know, like we're talking about it, but we're not going into full detail. We're actually going around the bush, you know, we're not going in it, you know, and we need to be in that bush, you know, <laughs> you know, it's, it's actually kind of a triple H little pun there. Um, you know, Triple H had this great. Right. So I'm definitely down with that. We definitely got covered a click in a long way. Yes. Uh, but I think. back on topic of Hunter Hearst Helmsley, I remember when he used to always come in the ring, do his little bow, his little French bow. Yes. <laughs> I think I actually. Is that what I did here for? Oh, no, I did that. But I was uh, looking at a. Uh, Different. See all of this? I gotta get all these printed up. I mean, I said printed out, shipped out. Oh, nice. That's a good problem to have. This one don't. Wait, that's, that's I'm, I'm getting four of them shipped out. One of them don't go out. Oh, one of them's yours. Okay. Yeah, one of them's got to take around the to my brother. James is all about the bush. I mean, if you know, you guys need a canvas done. King Uno the gamer doesn't just message his page or go to. King Uno canvases, and you can actually get a nice canvas done. I'm getting one done. It's already done. It gotta it's already done. done, actually. I just got to get it over here, and I got to get a little brat or something to put up there. I work fast. You, you sent me that picture. I work done. I got it done. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I liked it. I liked it. You know, and speaking of fast, it's King Uno does everything fast, you know? <laughs> you know, D-Generation X was start to become you know, a thing around this time frame. Right after this WrestleMania, you started to see Hunter Hearst Helmsley team with Shawn Michaels a lot, and Sergeant Slaughter would be a lot of the antics. And we're going to cover that in long form. I don't want to get too far into it because this is when DX started to become a thing, and we, we, we will definitely cover it in long form. But you started to see the wheels turn, and you really started to see... Hunter Hearst Helmsley turned into Triple H. In fact, that's where he would actually get called Triple H is from. Shawn Michaels would say, you know, me and Triple H, this and that and the other. And, mm -hmm. you know, it would just start to be – and it actually kind of was – it kind of tied in. I, I mean, it, sound, it sounds so much better. Triple H sounds way better than Hunter Hearst Helmsley. You know, I'm not, I agree. Like when they called him Hunter Hearst Helms, I was like, bro, I'm not saying that. That's too long of a name. Yeah, before, bro. And then Triple H came around, and it's like now he's the game Triple H, the King of Kings. You know, there's so many different things that he's been called. And the Cerebral Assassin. Yeah, the Cerebral Assassin. You know, which deserving so. I'm not saying he doesn't deserve these. You know, these names. But like I said, you, I don't want to go too far into detail. But you started to see Triple H becoming, you know, the real Triple H. You started seeing him being a little degenerate. But having fun and enjoying the business. And like I said, we're going to cover that in the long form. I'm actually going to share something here real quick. Uh, let's see here. Watch together. Is that what you do? No. Uh, oh, no, no. It's, it's uh, share screen. Share your screen. Yes. 
share. Now you're going to see what oh, I have. the orange and black website. Yes. Here we go. And here we go. I'm going to put this on full screen so you can see it. I don't care if they can see it. I don't really care. But here we are. Triple H is already in the ring. Hunter Hurt sounds like there's the ultimate warrior. This is on uh, YouTube. Yes, rest in peace to him. This is available on YouTube. I think Mike Kyoto was the referee. or Yes, that is definitely Mike Kyoto. Look at that mullet. Triple H hitting him <laughs> from the back. Now, notice Ultimate Warrior still has his... Uh, look how young Mike Kyoto was. Holy crap. Look at that mullet. <laughs> Jesus. Notice that you know, Ultimate Warrior still has his little... I don't know what you want to call that. Little, little duster on. Yeah, a little duster. I guess that's what you can call it now. Look at that luxurious hair. The Triple H has. Yes, you know, very. Now, here we go. Here we go. Pedigree right here. This is it. This is the end, right? Boom. Perfect. And then he gets right up. The powers that be right here starts taking off his, his duster or whatever the hell that is and starts doing his little Indian dance, his little I got a pee dance, and then bam, whammo right there. It starts, I don't know, look like he's going to suck some dick there. I don't know what that was. I don't Nice little clothesline, another nice little clothesline, and boom, another clothesline. Now notice he's he's supposed to be this huge iconic guy, and he's not as big as he once was, as he was in the ni- early nope. '90s. This is ninety, uh, what is it, ninety-six? He hits him with that diving. Oh man, shoulder. Uh, he yeah, he definitely does not look right there. <laughs> Not from what I remember, he looks kind of small. Can we just appreciate Triple H's luxurious hair? Yeah. Like, oh man, look at it. look at how nice it is. All now, here we go. He lifts him up, bam, slams him down. Look how he sells that too, real well. And boom, right on the back, and easy. He just puts his knees on him. One, two, three. Mike Kyoto with the mullet and all. That was the whole match of WrestleMania 12 for Triple H. That was, yeah, that was. You know, no offense, to Ultimate Warrior. I loved, I loved him as a as a kid. I honestly, I I was a huge Ultimate Warrior fan, but you know that was, that was ugly. I mean, that was, I, I that was just that was that legit. Was, like, okay, a local talent get a couple punches in. Okay, now let's switch hard to demolish you. Now here's the thing, though. Like, okay. Triple H, you know, if you're him at this point of your career, like, you got to be thinking, like, is this really it for me? Like, his first ever WrestleMania, and he loses like that. Like, come on. Like, that's terrible, right? Am I right for saying that? Like, no, it was terrible. I, I mean, agree, it just it shows, it shows his love for, for the business, and it shows that he really wanted to. But that's make also it work. why a lot of superstars get rewarded because they deal with stuff like that, like getting squash matches yeah. or getting, you know, putting everybody over. Yeah, and then they get a title match, or they get a nice little push. So, and I, in his mind, I'm guessing he was thinking like, "Hey, if I show that I'm dedicated to this, and I can live with this, and I can move forward with this, and not complain, yeah, I can get something in return." Yeah, and you know, obviously, the accolades for Triple H is is phenomenal. Ten time, you know, WWE champion. This is a guy that's done more for the business than a lot of people. You know, I mean, not just. Not just accolades wise. I mean, I mean, like in general. Like, look what he's doing now. This is a guy that you know he has the mind that is just 
it's amazing. Like his creative mind. Uh, the only comparison I can really think of, honestly, is like Jake the Snake Roberts. You know, some of these guys that were old school, and he really, I don't know, he he ate that shit and 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 ran with it. You know, and it's crazy to think that you know he's. He's not only he's going to be a, a, a two-time Hall of Famer because he's already in there now with DX. He's going to be a Hall of Famer because of the wrestling career. I think once you know things settle over Rick Rick Flair, I think he'll get in with Evolution. I have a feeling that's maybe not next year. Maybe after Rick passes away. Maybe I'm not saying you know. <laughs> damn, damn, Sarkane. I mean, I'm just saying because of some of the the rumors I've heard with Rick Flair. I don't know what to believe. I believe that you know. I don't know. I read a lot of different things about the whole Ric Flair thing, and he kind of did some. He said some things, you know, and did some things before he left the WWE that was, you know, not professional, you know, and kind of said some things, you know, about Triple H saying things like the only reason why he got where he is is because of who he's sleeping with, and you know, you don't you don't say that, you know, and it, it's unfortunate. Like I said, I. I think he he will be in at least at least three times, if not a fourth time, as a business person. You know, Vince McMahon. I think they should put him in before he passes away. I think they need to do that. You know, this right. next year. What I want to show real quick is one of my favorite Triple H. Not even Hunter Hearst. One of my favorite Triple H moments was when he returned from injury. When he off. when he faced uh, King Booker or Booker T. No, he just did, he just did a return. Uh, share screen. How do this? I think it's okay. Here we go. Just make sure you turn the audio off, only because of. I got the video muted, but this is just one of my favorite entrances, like one of my favorite returns by him. Oh yeah. Like okay. That, yeah. Two thousand two. From the yeah. crowd when they heard his music, and he came out in the all jean outfit, it was just like yeah, the denim vest and everything. Like you could tell he was working out during his rehab. Like just look at him. Well, you know, this was when he tore his ACL, right? Mm-hmm. And it was like one of the most horrendous injuries in like ever. And he walked away from it. Like he he walked. He actually continued to match with it. You know, it's just like he did it twice. It, not the same exact injury, but he, you know, yeah. This is wow. Like just that pop from the crowd was just crazy. Like yo, Triple H is back. <laughs> Yeah. Oh yeah, you can't go wrong. And th- this is what I mean. Like this is a guy that we can do different things. We can cover him with the DX. We can cover him post DX because mm-hmm. he really was huge and a major part to this business. And we would see it. You know, like I said, I talked about the D Generation X. You know, China joining him. Uh, they would actually join with Rick Rude. Rick Rude would become a part of the you know the whole DX. But Rick Root really wasn't a technically a, a DX member from sources. You know, he the reason why they didn't put him in there is because of the way he left. He left because of the Montreal screw job, which we've got to cover in long form, another thing that was major. Uh he left the same day that the screw job happened. He quit WWE and showed up on Monday Night Nitro the next day because of the whole screw drops, telling him basically uh, Vince McMahon to suck it and you know he had actually he, you know he's in the Hall of Fame now and I, I understand Vince's you know reason for being upset you know of course he passed away as well looking at D Generation X you know we're, there's a lot to cover with them and you know we will cover them in, in long term for sure but you know the members 
Um, you know, I mentioned Rick Rude, China. You know, you kind of consider all of them as members. Uh, Mike Tyson technically was in there for a split second, you know, and, you know, as they say in the terminology, a cup of coffee. He was only there for a short while. Um, right. X-Pac, Tory, you know, who these, you know, later on. So, I mean, there's different Triple H podcasts that we can definitely do. Um, but I think the next one we really need to cover is the click because, like I said, we keep stepping over. You know, we keep going around the subject that, you know, because it's, it's just so much to cover in one podcast, you know. And, and I, you know, I, I would love to do that one. I think that one would be a lot That's of fun to do because, you know, they're great wrestlers, all of them. You know, Sean Waltman, a.k.a. A uh, X Pac one two three kid, Scott Hall. Obviously, they're you know all these guys I'm mentioning. They're all Hall of Fame names, um, and you know maybe not on their own right. And Scott Hall is with the Razor Ramon gimmick. Uh, Diesel, aka Kevin Nash, you know also in the Hall of Fame. Uh, Two time Hall of Famers for both of those guys. Um, Triple H, who so far is only in there once, might be a two timer. Uh, Shawn Michaels, who's currently a two-time Hall of Famer with the the DX and also Solo. So, you know, there's some great wrestlers to talk about. Five amazing, talented wrestlers, all Hall of Famers, all done great things. And, you know, I can't wait till we cover that one because I think that's just going to – it's just everything ties into the click and everything ties into the whole yes. Madison, Madison Square Garden curtain call incident. You know, it just feels like – I mean, especially because it was right in the middle of everything. It's right when NWO became the NWO. Because of that, that's how they became the NWO. You know, it's just there's so much to talk about with that. And I could talk about Triple H and tell him blue in the face. This guy had an amazing career. Obviously, he's no longer active. We wanted to do this podcast a while ago. We were talking about it. It's just so many things happen, and we just we are both busy. We both work full time jobs and stream as much as we can. And, you know, we try and King was doing a whole different news side job with his canvases. And by the way, if you guys want to do, you guys want to have a canvas done. You know, anniversary birthday might be coming up. Go to King Uno the Gamer or go to King Uno Canvases on Facebook. Both both on Facebook. Check it out. Yes, Message him. You can have it, anything done. I mean, he did a Star King Gaming, wonderful, wonderful Star King Gaming canvas, which is going to go right here. I'm going to put it right here so everybody can see it. I want it to be a part of every single stream because it's a wonderful thing that he's doing. And again, you know, this is, you know, a wonderful way to promote himself because it's wonderful to have. Imagine it. Like, you can have literally anything, you know, maybe a picture of you and your wife or you and your son, you and your daughter, you and your 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 mom, your dad, whatever. Hey, you know what? Christmas is not going to be too far away. We're at the end. Of, we're getting towards the middle of August here. Your pictures, your favorite you know? athlete, your favorite hey, actor, custom thing? pictures. What about logo? senior? What about senior <laughs> pictures? Your son starting, son daughter going to be a senior in high school. You want to get your senior picture canvases? Hey, here we go. I do it all. You know he does it all, and you know for a reasonable price. I paid. I paid a fairly good price. I got the family discount, you know, and wonderful quality. You figure you're not going to get better quality than this. You know, you, you're not. It's just not going to happen. I, I guarantee you, once you see the finished product of the of my canvas, you guys will be like, all right, I need to get me one of them. And like I said, I got also, the family discount. Also, on my uh, Star King when we're done, 
I need you to go to my King on the Canvases and under the review section write your review for me. Oh yeah, I can absolutely do that. I can totally do that. Again, you guys, you know, it's just just to help out promoting. You know, hey, you guys may not want if you got, if you got, got a business, you know, hot artists. We, you know, we can probably get you in, promote you guys if you guys have a business or something that you yes. guys want. To yes, get out absolutely. There. We we love we love promoting other businesses. We love to help others out. This is what this is all about. It's not just a podcast talking about our favorite thing. It's also to help growth. And you're not going to grow sitting at home. You know, promote yourself. Find a way to get yourself out there. There's a lot of wonderful content creators that don't promote themselves the right way. Hey, we're doing a podcast and we're promoting both of us ourselves. I'm promoting Starking Gaming because that's what this is on. It's on Facebook, Starking Gaming. Become a support. You can actually watch this stream for for five dollars a month. You can watch multiple streams of podcasts that we're going to be covering, and you can be a part of it. You guys heard me talking to my my mods and a few followers. You know, Rob Todd was in here, Stony Loki was in here, KMF Port Chop, whatever you want to call him, was in here. King and O's been in here. Jamal Thomas is, has been in here. RC Bottles has been in here. Yeah, we've had everything in this. And Not you know, right. everything's on fire over here. Not you know right. and. We're going to be doing a lot of different podcasts and everything, and we're going to have a lot of fun. And, you know, and imagine, you know, for $5 a month, you can get yourself in here and you can be a part of the podcast. Like, that's pretty awesome. I don't know. I, I think it's pretty awesome. You know, a lot of people might not feel that way, but. I definitely agree. I mean, you can get yourself in here and just enjoy the content. Me and King and o always create great content. And we're covering something we truly love and. You know, I know we're at the end of the podcast because, like I mentioned, we were starting to get in the whole Triple H and Shawn Michaels becoming DX, and you know, we saw we watched that that wonderful match between <laughs> Hunter Hearst Helmsley and uh, the Ultimate Warrior, the wonderful squash match, and you know, we covered a lot of different things. You know, and I mentioned that match was you know nowhere near picture perfect. It was it was ugly. It was ugly. It was not per, you know perfect in any means. It was. A picture that didn't need to be painted, but you you want a picture painted, bro? That King match between Austin Warrior Hunter Hearst was like a five star match right there. Yeah, it, they could have done so much with that, especially both of them being big guys. But I mean, I don't know. Maybe Ultimate Warrior couldn't go that long, and that's why they wanted to do his quick squash match. <laughs> that's what I, his wife said. Yeah, I, I'm pretty sure. You know, he's he probably came up a little bit short in that category after doing all the steroids and everything. You know, rest in peace. I, I shouldn't be making fun of somebody who's dead, but you know what? If you want a nice, wonderful canvas done, message King Uno the gamer. He can do a canvas of the Ultimate Warrior, and I won't feel so bad. <laughs> <laughs> a little cheap plug to put in there. And you know what? It's a really reasonable price. I mean, he's not charging crazy money. He's not making money off of everything. He's just he's doing something he loves, and he's making a little bit of money off of it. Hey, that's what it's all about, you know, and that's what these podcasts are for. A lot of people who are paying the five dollars, you know, they they're getting their money's worth getting to see me and King Uno talk about what we love, what we're very passionate yeah. about, <laughs> and they get to hear it, they get to see it live in person. Now, next next podcast, we're going to cover the click. I will find yeah. a couple yeah. matches yeah. that we can actually watch and truly enjoy. Um, I'm pretty sure we can find a a match with all of them. Or with most of them in there, um, X Pac, uh, one two three kid, whatever. I know that he had uh, he went into rehab 
around the time the uh, the current call happened. If I'm not mistaken, I actually believe he was not in WWE at the time. I believe he was actually in rehab and then would sign with WCW. So we might be able to find the matches that they had and we'll be able to watch them. Um, there's a lot of things that we're going to cover with this podcast because it's a lot to cover. So it might be a two-parter because there's there's a lot of ground to cover. This is a big, big thing. This is almost as big as the Montreal Screwjob, but maybe even bigger because I don't, I don't think that – no offense to Eric Bischoff, but I don't think they had the success – without this without this like if they did not have scott hall and kevin nash i don't think wcw would have done what they did i don't think they would have succeeded i think they would have just dropped out and never heard of you know like they are i want to wholeheartedly agree to that you know so this is very big this is huge this is the biggest podcast that we we're gonna do until we cover some other big ones and you know i think that I think we need to find somebody that can actually be in here other than Nambo and actually be a part of these, like somebody like go for a beer or even uh, one of my followers, Brian, Brian P who's a major WWE fan. I mean, I think he would love to do this. I think we need to start finding somebody to help us because this way we get a third person. I mean, me and you, we kind of like the same things with this business. Like, and uh, we talked about it. In our opinions, yeah, they're going to be different at times because we're two different individuals. But this business, especially in this time frame, it, it meant a lot to me. It was a, a, a time that I grew up to re- reminiscing and looking back. It's, I don't know. It's, it's been wonderful. Like going through, watching WrestleMania 13. Like I said, I watched that Stone Cold Steve Austin Bret Hart match with, with Ken Shamrock as the special guest referee. And I just... It brought back so many memories. My grandpa sitting on the chair watching it, and me and him both just like going crazy. When when Austin would pass out, he never submitted. He never tapped out. He would pass out and lose the match. It was you know this is something that you know we can't replicate anymore because you can't bring these moments back, and we want to bring them back to the best that we can. And you know what? I think we're doing pretty solid. I mean, these podcasts have been getting better better views and better listens on, you know, Apple podcast and all these. So hopefully we yep. can keep it going and make some major money. Maybe even do this as a full-time job kind of thing. Well, not full-time, but you know, do one, one, once a week. And if we're making good enough money, I'm more than willing to, to do it once a week right now. That's we're making, I'm like, bro, we got a good thing going. I deal with the pain. Yeah. We're going to get through it. Yeah. And you know what? That's, that's, you know, one thing I always, always love about our, our, I don't want to say relationship. We're not in a relationship, but you know, our brotherhood, you know, we both, we figure shit out together. I mean, if I can't do something, I'll figure out, you know, a way to help. And same thing with you. If I, if I need your help, you might not be able to help me, but you'll find someone who can, you know, and obviously I can't help with the pain, but I mean, going through and reminiscing, it might actually help, you know, maybe, you know, good laugh here and there. And, you know, if you guys need a good smile, get a canvas done. Get a picture. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, how many times can I try to do this little cheap plug, you know? But again, you know, in, in all seriousness, King Uno, the gamer, King Uno canvases on Facebook. Just go to them. You will not be disappointed. He He's going to be posting a lot of pictures. He's going to get a picture with me. I'm actually going to do a review as soon as I get off this podcast and everything. And he's going to it's a it's a 10 out of five stars if I can. You know, seriously, it's, it's wonderful, wonderful. I'm already in love with it. I haven't even received it yet. You know, that's that's <laughs> that's what I mean. And you know, 
it's it's you know if you need a good smile, find something that makes you happy, and get a canvas. Get a canvas, you know. <laughs> <laughs> All right, King Widow, is there anything you would like to add to the Hunter Hearst Helmsley portion of the podcast? Um, I just want to add the fact that I I'm so thankful that they changed his name from Hunter Hearst Helmsley to Triple H. Yep, I'm so glad they repackaged him. Um, and I'm also just thankful for him, you know, sticking around in the company and being that leader and, you know, showing us that even though you're the bad guy, you can still be light. Or even though you don't do things the right way, you can still, you know, you can still do stuff. Like, yes. you don't have to follow everything about a book. Like, Correct. You can do things your own way and still be successful. Yeah. Major truth. Major truth to that. And, you know, he... He was a very pretty good looking dude, you know. You mentioned the hair, the luscious hair, man. Imagine that on a so canvas. Man, get a get a canvas of Triple H done, man, and you can see that luscious hair anytime you want. And King Uno <laughs> can do that canvas for you, and it will look even better on a canvas than it did in that match. I mean, I guarantee you that much. You get a nice picture of him with that luscious hair, you know, and <laughs> get a canvas done. Long story short, get a canvas. Yeah, you know, but okay, I want to touch one more thing with with Hunter Hearst Helmsley being what he was uh, very, I mean, the guy took, you know, not necessarily a beating, but you know, uh, I mean, it's kind of an emotional beating and in a, in a sense, a mental beating losing to the likes of, of, you know, ultimate warrior, the way he did at WrestleMania. And you started seeing it, you know, it just, it, it, it had to suck, but to see him overcome it and to become what he did, you know, it, it really makes you, it makes you really happy to know that you got to watch not just the downfall of Triple H, but then him actually becoming the top, top guy, the number one guy in the business, you know, and we saw so many great matches, the undertaker versus Triple H. You know, we saw, we saw so many different things. The DX, you know, the, how many times did they bring DX back? I mean, you know, 2006, I think, you know, when, yeah, when they brought it back the last time, I think that they should have brought it back was in 06 when they had Shawn Michaels and Triple H. When Triple H, they had that feud with, uh, was it Rated RKO? Was that who it was? Was it Edge and Orton? Orton and then Triple H got hurt. Was it Was it then? Yeah, that was I, it, right? Yeah, I think, so, I think that was the last time they should have done it. And then they did bring it back towards the end of Shawn Michaels' career right before he faced The Undertaker, that last WrestleMania that he had. And then, of course, I don't want to talk about it. I really don't want to talk about it, but I got to mention it. DX versus The Undertaker and Kane. Jesus yeah, that, that happened. Shawn Michaels comes Good out of man. retirement. And uh, that was one of the ugliest matches. <laughs> I mean, I let's think, be honest. I think that match was worse than Goldberg and Undertaker. Yeah, that was, yeah, well, yeah, yeah, it was pretty bad. I mean, you know, and... I don't know. Was, they shouldn't have done that. <laughs> it should not have been that way. Uh, Triple H would get hurt in that match, and Shawn Michaels just—he—he <laughs> he looked terrible, bald, and just—it was—it was terrible. I mean, yeah, that's a canvas you don't want done by King Uno the Gamer. I'm just throwing that out there. That is one that is just so ugly you don't want it. I mean, but I mean, get one from DX when you know China was around. That'd be nice to have on a canvas. <laughs> I think I brought this the canvassing up like three times in the last ten minutes. That's not more than that. <laughs> but 
But you know, again, you know, Triple H is obviously he 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 ate, he ate that short, shit. Get a and, canvas. Yeah. Long story short, eat a, get a fucking canvas and you'll be happy. I promise you, you will be happy. Um, again, this is the Triple H podcast. Uh, one of the one of the the ones that I, I truly loved doing, and we're gonna do definitely multiple parts. There's gonna be so many parts with Triple H involved, including the next one, which is going to be the click and we're going to talk about the whole Madison Square Garden curtain call incident and in long form finally because we keep going over it I, I know we need to do that one in long form thank you guys all so much for tuning in on the Facebook side and be, being supporters and, and mods who are also supporters in their own right um, thank you guys for listening to the podcast because our our estimated audience at one point was at 4 and now we're at 18 so we're growing yeah and we're growing fast, and the views keep going up and up and up. And I think doing it every two weeks is actually going to help us, because it gives people more time to actually fully listen and and enjoy. So, I, I really want to thank you guys all so much for tuning in. This will conclude this episode of the Kingdom Talks with Kings. I am Star King Gaming, King of the Camera, aka King of the Canvas Maker, aka Goddamn Canvas. I was just about to say, God damn it, man. I was just about to say, and this is King Uno, the canvas maker. Okay, you took my words out of my mouth. You sexy I put son of a bitch. <laughs> you sexy son of a bitch, you man. That was, that was, you took my little cheap, my cheap little, uh, little call that I was going to make, but whatever, whatever. I'll go with it. I'll let it slide. But you guys need a canvas done. Seriously, it's going to be, it's going to be in the description. I promise. It's going to be in the description. Go to the link. You will not be disappointed. All right, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Kingdom Talks with Kings. Y'all have a wonderful day, wonderful week, and we will see you guys soon with the click.